Are you interested in money, trends and behaviours? Welcome to Fin Talking, hosted by Jemima Joseph, Cassandra Crowe and Erica Hall. Just a quick reminder that this podcast provides general information only. It is not intended to provide financial, legal or tax advice. If you need advice, please consult a professional. Now let's get Fin Talking. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Cassandra Crowe, and I'm super excited to speak with Erica Hall and Jemima Joseph today about a topic really close to my heart, kids and money. So I have a five-year-old daughter, and this is something I think about a lot in terms of how can I even talk to her at this very early stage to help her understand the value of money and to educate her so she is financially literate as much as is possible. And I might just start with you know, why is this so important? Like, how can we actually start to engage and talk to kids about money? What do you guys think? Do I know or do you want to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you go first. Okay. So, look, I think it's really important to understand the value of money and where it comes from and that it is a finite resource. So, it, it's not like um, an untapped pool that you can access. So, one of the things mm. I've been really keen to sort of share with my daughters is that, you know, you only get to spend it once. So you have this money and you've got to make choices, you know, and one of the ways that I go about that is at the supermarket. Supermarket is a fantastic training ground, (laughs) but budgeting. Um, (laughs) And so my youngest daughter in particular loves going to the supermarket. And, um, and part of it is because I think she tries to influence what I'm buying and, you know, of course, lollies and chips and all (laughs) the bad things. Um, and I will let her always buy one thing. And it's really interesting. She'll always try and buy two or three things. And it's like, okay, you can get one treat. You choose it. I don't mind, but it's one only. And she'll always test me on that. And so she'll come back with something else. Like, yeah, if you want to get that instead of what you've already selected, that's fine, but you can't have both. And so I think that that's a really important lesson mm, to start so with good. in terms of, okay, you, you've got to make choices. Teaching kids about financial literacy, it's so important. And Like to your point, Erica, like you can really bake it in into everyday situations. Like we mentioned in episode one, like financial literacy, the life skill, because finance does cut through every aspect of our lives. So I think instilling those lessons in early and in everyday situations, it does normalize the idea of talking about finance and money with kids. I know people get really concerned with, well, I don't work in finance. How can I possibly have these informed discussions? ASIC has a really good website. So that's the financial regulator and it's called moneysmart.gov.au. And there's a section called teaching kids about money. And they give some guidance that for different age groups, you can have different conversations that are relevant to where, you know, your child is at at a particular point in time. So, you know, like you said, Erica, like needs and wants, you can have that conversation very easily when you go when you go to the shops and then that can really evolve over time. So at that stage in life when, you know, kids are asking for a pet, that can also be a teachable moment around, you know, well, if we want to own a pet, there are some costs in doing so. You know, let's talk about that in in terms of also making a choice about what pet to get. You can also like bake in those things. And then right up until the point where kids are seeking out their first job, parents can talk to their kids in a very organic way about taxes and super and pay slips and bank accounts. Like, you know, you can build that all in to a nice little narrative and 
Yeah. I sort of, in thinking about this topic, was thinking to myself, why is it so hard in terms of having these conversations with kids? I think there's two things to it. So why is it so hard and then what can we do about it? And I think it just is a little bit of an awkward conversation for a lot of people. It it feels um, a little bit taboo or maybe it's because, I don't know, maybe parents don't feel they have enough understanding themselves to teach their kids about it. And also, of course, it's not in the school curriculum um, in most places as yet, although I do know in some schools that's coming, which I think is really exciting. So I think it is, it's really hard for all those reasons. So resources like the ASIC one that you've highlighted would be mm-hmm. super beneficial. And then for me in terms of, well, what can you actually do about it? Erica, I like your story about your daughter going to the supermarket with you. I can relate mm-hmm. to that. You know, my daughter often comes shopping with me and I try to make a real effort to tell her what things cost. So if we're buying a birthday present, we'll spend a little bit more and I'll explain that to her. If we're just going to the local grocery shop and, you know, buying something for breakfast or what have you, she understands that that's more of a staple kind of purchase. And she has made a few comments to me recently. Her favourite shop is the $2 shop. (laughs) and um, She gets so much for her money. (laughs) Everything is very colourful with lots of rainbows and it's a bargain. So she's got the concept that $2 is actually pretty reasonable at five. Yeah. Um, now, how much of that she's taking in? But I think these are the little conversations that you can pepper kids with as you go along. And then I imagine as they get older, it becomes a bit of a deeper conversation about superannuation and getting a job. And I was thinking back to my parents. I think the best thing they did was encourage me to get a part-time job at Priceline pretty much as soon as I could. And so I was trying to pay my own way as much as I could within reason as well as going to school and university from a young age. And I I would like to think, you know, when my daughter's older, I would try to instill that because that really gives you the concept of earning money, you've worked for it, you appreciate it, and then you have the luxury of going out and spending it. So I think there's some of the practical things that, that could be handy. A couple of things you said there I really like. So I think the birthday present, we definitely set a budget and then we have to stick to that budget. And so then it's up to the the girls awesome. um, in terms of, you know, what presents they choose and how they spend it. But that's it. The budget is the budget. And so I think that that budgeting is really important to get kids sort of thinking about that. And then I think your earning money is a really interesting Point that you raise as well. And certainly I I was working from 14 and nine months was when I was allowed to work legally and I, <laughs> and I did. And I, look, I got a lot of um, great life skills out of doing that. One thing I've never had is pocket money. And I must admit, I don't do pocket money for my daughters either. And there seems to be a, a school of thought that that's a really good thing to do because it helps with the whole understanding the, the linkage between doing some work and getting paid for that work. So whether it's just household chores and then also mm. then budgeting. And look, Westpac's done some great work around this. Although I think something that slightly annoyed me and whether it will annoy you guys as well, I don't know. But when they did this survey on kids and money, they found that gender inequality starts at home and the boys are earning more weekly pocket money than girls. And <laughs> and they spend less time each week completing their chores and there's distinct gender roles. Boys are doing more chores outside and girls are doing more chores inside. So that just kind of made me wow. so cross. It's like, that's why I'm not doing pocket money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so, getting involved in this. <laughs> yeah, that's so wow, interesting. that's yes. scary. That shows all those stereotypes start really yeah. early. Exactly. So all I would say, anyone that is going to do um, 
provide pocket money to their kids, please be fair about it. Yeah. Make it equal value and don't fall into gender stereotypes. <laughs> totally, because it does spill over in into work life. Like there is that whole concept that women do the unpaid household like type roles in um, in society and even in the workforce that have no real dollar value to it, but can hinder, you know, progression and how you're perceived. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about starting kids on the right track early and setting up those right views around everything from money to how much you're worth, I think, as well. Um. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I haven't done pocket money just because my daughter's only five. Um, and now you've shared that story, I might think twice about that, actually. Whereas, <laughs> as I said, our conversations are more sort of like what, what things are worth and why you would spend on it and what what's reasonable. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting observation that that is something hopefully we can shine a light on. But the, the third element for me that's really important in terms of kids and money is the concept of giving. And this is something I also yeah. learned quite strongly from my parents and I can't avoid at, with uh, my daughter because I live in Surrey Hills and there's a lot of homelessness. So I do try to make a point, you know, if we're going for a walk and we walk past someone that is homeless, for example, just to highlight that we're really lucky that we have a home. We might have a big mortgage, but we have a home that we come home to every day. And some people don't have that. And so I think it's really difficult, I think, to get this into the mindset of a a child and probably even a, a teenager, although Erica, you've got more experience there than me. But I think also, even if you don't have a lot, that um, attitude of being generous with what you do have is something that is really important to still in kids and is definitely something I really felt my parents highlighted to me and I try to be mindful of. So I think that's worthy of, of some time with kids as well. Definitely. It like For sure. I've heard it's that there's like three S's to teach children and it's spending, saving and sharing. And, you know, I, I really liked that concept. I mean, I was really thinking about this in terms of, because I don't have children as yet, but so in, in the dynamics in our household, I am <laughs> I am the adult child, especially because I'm staying with my parents during this <laughs> pandemic period. I think it's so important, like why money is so important to be an issue that's talked through with families is there is this whole notion that Australia in particular is on the cusp of an intergenerational transfer of wealth. So, you know, what that really means, it sounds very fancy and technical, is basically what it's saying is that there will be a transfer from the baby boomer generation to generations X, Y, and Z in the next 20 years. And it's estimated that that's going to be around $3.5 trillion. So if families aren't talking about money in a meaningful way from, you know, generation to generation, when we do eventually come to the point where there is a change of money throughout generations, we're not really going to be well equipped to deal with that volume of money that can be coming through for certain individuals. So, you know, it's just another element to this conversation that, you know, it is so important to have those conversations with kids and whether your kids are small kids or whether your kids are adult kids, if we can all start to talk about money in a meaningful way and to kind of get over that notion that it is taboo, like we mentioned before, to talk about money, but it's actually something that's really important. Mm. Because the last thing you want to do is see one generation build up and accumulate all that wealth to be then lost throughout the second and third generation just because of that lack of financial literacy and that understanding of money. One of the things that I've also talked to my daughters about is this whole sort of 
perception of wealth versus reality. And so they start at a certain point in time, and I can't remember at what age, sort of starting to compare themselves to others. And so, you know, our car might not be as nice as others or our home might not be as nice as others. And so they sort of start sort of questioning all of that. And and what I've said is, well, not everything is what it seems. And so this then brings into that whole concept of debt and borrowed money. And so do people actually Mm. own their cars? Do they own their houses? How much money have they borrowed to have those assets? And so, again, talking about what we value, which is we value low debt, and we would rather live a sort of a life that we can comfortably achieve and then have money left over to maybe go on a holiday. And so that's more important to us than the nicest car or the nicest house. Like, don't get me wrong, our house and our car are fine, but compared to some of their friends, you know, we're pretty modest. (laughs) And so I think that that's a really important message to distill as well is that, yeah, you you can actually borrow money, but then you've got to pay it back and actually the wealth may not be there that you think is there. Definitely. I mean, that touches on, obviously, the episode that we did on debt, and it shows that that message is so important. Like, it's it's a important message to teach to kids, especially around that that concept of keeping up with the Joneses and, I mean, to, to the new generation mm. that is keeping mm. up with the Kardashians, keeping up with um, these online celebrities, and that's not necessarily... a a real reflection of the reality for, to be honest, most people. But the other thing is, you know, as we move to this digital world and digital payments, I think concepts of even how we were taught about money, you know, with like here here are the Australian notes and here are the coins, that has evolved more to there's a digital payment. I mean, you've got tap and go explaining the concept and and that ASIC website that we were talking about before really does give a good explanation that how you can talk to kids about, you know, it's just not this infinite pool of money. Like when you tap, that's actually taking money out of your account and you've got less than you originally started with when you went to the shops in the first place. So, yeah, so true. And I think the older kids kind of get that because they've got an online bank account. So I think about my elder daughter, she knows that, um, and actually with school now, you don't bring money to spend at the canteen it's a card oh, and it's a debit card <laughs> that you load up with money and so in a way it's good Feels though so old. I know I know because um then you've got a budget and so and of course yeah. I, you know I put money on it and so she'll ring me and go I'm gonna put money on my account because I need to eat um but it, again <laughs> it's just so that like they're digital natives so that that concept I think they get that and the other thing that's been really relevant for my elder daughter who is a teenager is mobile um, phone data. So my husband has made a decision not to give her unlimited data and so she budgets that mobile phone data so well because clearly it's crucial for her social um, activity to be able to be able to communicate. And so she'll be on Wi-Fi the whole time when she's at home. You know, she's really cautious about how she uses the the data outside of the home or outside of a Wi-Fi setting. And so a great lesson again in budgeting for her um, through the mobile phone data also through her card for when she goes to the canteen and also through her online bank account. Um, so even though it's not a physical, you know, cash payment anymore, they get it. But, you know, there's yeah. plenty of examples yeah. of, they, that, you know, getting it and using. Yeah, totally agree, Erica, that the digital 
environment is just something that these kids are going to be aware of. And I absolutely think they do get that as much as the physical element of money um, and those kind of face-to-face conversations. So I think it is really relevant. Um, And then Jemima, to your point, I was just thinking when you were talking about keeping up with the Joneses, exactly thinking of that episode as well. I think that really hits on um, some of those core elements. And for me, I just think there's just this competitiveness in society that, you know, if someone else has something does that make what you have any less? Well, it doesn't at all. So I think people just need to be mindful, as we spoke about with Keeping Up With The Joneses, trying to find that um, strength from within because if you're comparing yourself to other people, it's a constant road of unhappiness in my view. Totally. And as you said, Erica, you never really know what the true situation is in any event. Talk to your kids as much as possible about finance. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just do it. <laughs>